0: This is Duncan Fisher. Suddenly, he grabs me, tipping me across his lap. With one smooth movement, he angles his body so my center torso is resting on the caldera beside him. He throws his right leg over both mine and plants his ferrometallic left forearm on the small of my rear torso, holding me down so I cannot maneuver. He places his right hand on my armorless behind, Softly fondling my internal structure, stroking around and around with his articulated fingers. And then his hand is no longer there, and he hits me, hard! Oh my! Critical hit. I've been cored. Brought to you by the Skjeldborg, shield wall of Russell MEX Devs and Beer is recorded in front of a live studio audience and is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network, live from Outreach Studios. You're listening to the MEX Devs and Beer podcast, a No Guts No Galaxy special featuring your hosts Phil and Darren.
1: Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Max Devs, and Beer podcast number 10. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is April 4th, 2013, and my shout-out, well, it's going to go to the NGNG TV streamers and 24-7 mech porn. Here we come. You guys are doing a
0: great job, and uh, thank you so much. Darren, who do you have? Hey, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil, and my shout-out today goes to, well, the streamers as well, but basically the entire NGNG crew. It is growing literally by the week. Uh, so many projects going on so many people putting in hard work on you know their own time not getting paid so we appreciate them very much and without them uh, you wouldn't be getting all this cool content yes and
1: of course welcome to all of our live studio audience Well, or the lack of. This is actually the second recording of this podcast. We apologize. The first one got screwed up, and uh, we found the problem, fixed the problem, and we were able to duplicate it as well, replicate. So we fixed it. Uh, And, of course, all of our new listeners out there, we appreciate you guys uh, listening. And, And we ask, hey, you know, and, of course, welcome to all of our live studio audience members and our new members, whether you're riding your bike, you're at work,
0: whatever you're doing, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. And we ask that if you have the ability, go to our donations page right now and help support NGNG. Set up a $1, $2, $10, whatever you can afford recurring donation. And uh, that supports us big time. And if you can't do- donate directly, uh, but you might be doing some online shopping sometime soon, maybe Amazon.com or Newegg.com, click through the links on our website, it gives us a little kickback, doesn't add anything to your bill, but it helps keep our show on the air 24-7.
1: Yes, and we definitely, you know, appreciate anything, of course, t-shirts, go get a t-shirt, do it now, right meow. And today's guest is Thad Jancy, is that correct? Yes, sir. All right, now you are the senior level designer at Piranha Games, and specifically, Mechware Online. That's right. Awesome, well, I appreciate you coming out uh, for the second time doing this recording. What a Thank you for having me. You are a trooper. <laughs> so, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, where you're from, how maybe you got into the game industry?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm 35 years old. I'm from Vancouver. Um, I've worked at Piranha Games since 2005. Um, prior to that, I cooked in a restaurant for 12 years. Um, I got into the game industry. Um, I used to. I, I started off making uh, levels for uh, Jedi Knight and um, I was working on Rainbow Six Three levels at the time, and uh, I just happened to sort of luck into the job. My wife uh, worked with a girl whose husband worked at Piranha Games, and she was mentioning uh, my levels to her, which were just a hobby at the time. And she said, "Well, we should get together," and and uh, and we got together. And uh, you know, I had some stuff uh, that I could show the bosses here, and uh, I ended up uh, working. Here.
0: The rest is gonna, history? I was going so to say Yeah, I was trying yeah. to not say the rest is history, and then I rambled for 10 minutes. Leave it to me. Hey, yeah, I've well, got a I mean, question, though, probably. that's off-topic there. You said you cooked Absolutely. for 12 years. Yes. Do you consider yourself a chef? No. Well, what are your some of your specialties? <laughs> what What's something that you could cook that we would all like? Uh, I don't know. I've probably
2: made 50,000 omelets. Um, nice.
0: I always love a good omelet. I suck in the kitchen. That's why I, I ask. I
2: can cook a steak. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, you know... I I can cook stuff. But does
0: your wife appreciate it? Uh,
2: she does when I cook, but
1: it's not
0: very often. <laughs> You're too busy designing levels. Yeah, or
2: playing Lego or video games.
1: Nice. So you got into the game industry via modding of maps and stuff like that.
0: Yes, that's an awesome avenue for people to get into the industry. You know, you hear story after story of people that are doing it for a hobby.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, Oops, sorry, was, I was I was screwing up my mouse button there. Um, yeah, it's it's a, a great hobby, but it is a good way to get into the industry. I mean, it, it's probably one of the best ways, um, you know, because you're creating yourself, you're creating a portfolio of stuff that you can show people. And I think that's the, the single most important thing.
0: Awesome. So other than MWO, which we know you play a little bit of maybe uh, now because you're testing your levels or whatever. Yeah, um, I play a lot of it. Nice, good to hear. Are you currently playing anything else? Or if you're not, because of time or whatever other issues, are there any that you wish you could be playing right now?
2: Um, You know, everything I wish I was playing, I pretty much am playing uh, right now. Um, I'm playing quite a lot of SimCity, a bit of Civilization V, NHL 13 always, um, Battlefield 3, uh, Lord of the Rings Lego. Um, My main thing I play the most is probably Mountain Blade Warband. Uh, which is pretty much my favorite game i 'd say have
0: you tried chivalry
2: yeah, um, I have um, mountain, mountain blade, blades a game I, well mountain blade the thing with the thing like chivalry is cool and it's got, um it 's it 's got really neat combat in it, um, and you know i 'd like you know if there were some elements of that in mountain blade the the combat could probably be made better, but the for me, the single player uh, campaign in mountain blade is is what drives the whole game for me. So Chivalry, you know, doesn't really have that. Um, nor does, uh, what's the other one? War of the Roses. They're, right. they're both great though, I, I enjoy both of those, but I'll you know, always go back to Mountain Blade even though it's you know some years older.
0: Cool, cool. So I have a couple quick questions for you which will lead into Phil's next questions. Number one is, are you a beer fan? I am a beer fan. Ooh, good news. Okay, and are you a Battletech fan? I
2: am a, a Battletech fan. Um,
0: I, new to know, the flock I, uh,
2: not not new but maybe not as as deep uh as some people I I haven't read Phil. any of the novels um but you know I I've I've been aware of it I've I've been I guess my my real introduction was MechWarrior 3 which I got with um I think it was a voodoo video card back in about 1999
0: Okay, actually, we'll get into that in a second. Um, When we get into more in-depth questions, I will be asking you about that uh, MechWarrior 3 experience. But Phil, fire away. All right, so we got four quick fire questions for you. Here we go. Favorite beer? Bex.
1: Favorite battle mech? Catapult. Favorite Battletech novel? (laughs) I don't have one. You need to. Okay, that's one. Favorite Battletech affiliation? House, Merc, Clan, what?
2: Um, I I don't have one. Although, I, I often do stand and look at the big... Uh, cabbage-shaped map of the universe and look for uh <laughs> planet names trying to like. find a home <laughs> yeah well you know I, I don't know how many planets there are but there's got to be what 5,000 of them
0: many there it's, are a ton
2: we just stand there and look for our like our co-workers names on there and we almost
1: always <laughs> find them yeah,
0: yeah there's some like pretty silly 3, 800 named
1: 800 planets or something 3,500 3,800
0: um yeah, yeah, it's a lot. I've been looking so you, for a Thaddeus, but uh, I was gonna say is there so Planet Chancy?
2: Yeah, I found a Tharkad and a Thedora, but there's uh, there's no Thaddeus as far as I can tell. Well, right, two well, out of four
0: is not bad.
1: Yeah, that's and, and don't feel bad about the novels, but you should read them at one point in time if if you can get a hold of them.
0: One. Yeah, no, I it's it's on my to do list. Decision at Thunder Rift. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll done. Like it.
1: All right, so let's go to move into the questions. Uh, how were you first introduced to BattleTech MechWarrior in the first place? I know you mentioned MechWarrior Three. Is that your first introduction ever? Did you ever play any of the old, you know, DOS games or anything like that, or the tabletop? Um,
2: I, I never played the tabletop until uh, until just you know in the last two years working on this game. Um, I did have um, BattleTech: The Creston Hawk's Inception uh, for PC. A long time ago, but it was—I um, played a little bit of it. I think it was—it was already pretty old when I had it. I think this would have been in the early 90s, and so I was—you know—I was playing games like X-Wing and Wing Commander, and um, so I, I didn't have a huge—you uh, know—I didn't—I didn't really
0: play it very much. What about uh, any other incarnations? Did you move on to MechWarrior 4? Yeah, absolutely. I have, from MechWarrior 3, uh, I guess
2: that was—was was that when it first came out, 1999? I'm not sure. It would have been around. right around there, yeah. I bought the, the Voodoo card uh, to play Star Wars Episode One Racer. Nice. And I think I got the game free with it. And then, yeah, after that, I did play MechWarrior 4.
0: So say, out of
2: those two, what
1: were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say MechWarrior 3 when that came out. Um, I didn't have a very good computer, so I had to play everything on low. Like, I couldn't do hardware acceleration. So you remember, I mean, one, it wasn't the best looking, I mean, compared to now, but... Uh, my buddy got a uh, brand new computer down the road, and oh my god, dude, I was addicted.
0: Isn't, isn't like, it funny, thinking back, like when that game came out, 3, uh, even though the graphics are nothing compared to today, I was so stoked. It looked so awesome back then, and oh, yeah. you know, you're know, you in your mech, and but can you it imagine? A, it was a
1: huge jump from mech work, oh, too, yeah. aesthetically, and uh, to me, I mean, it was a good one. Did you ever play uh, Mech Commander by any chance, Dad? Uh, no, I didn't. Ooh, I'm telling you. By the way, you can download Commander and Commander Two. Recommender, I'd recommend one and Gold over two, though. But uh, you should definitely try them. Um, I, I got the ISOs, and I know you can download them for free. But uh, anyways, moving.
2: I'll, on I'll check those out. Yeah, I, I was just going to also say MechWarrior Three. Uh, I think holds up uh, surprisingly well. I've been playing it on on my own computer lately, and it's it's tough to get it <laughs> winning, but uh, <laughs> yeah. once you do, it's it's
1: a lot of fun. All right. So you became involved with Piranha Games and were hired by Piranha Games um, via your wife making a suggestion to a friend who is working for Piranha saying, hey, my husband does, or I don't know if you were married at the time, but my husband does uh, computer game stuff and you're doing mods. So you were creating maps and levels and stuff for games out there in the community and I guess you've already stated that. So I guess. Uh, well,
0: as far as that goes, are there any uh, level? What game did you say you were making mods for? Uh, at,
2: th- at that time, uh, it was Rainbow Six Three.
0: So, are there any out there any uh, levels that you did that people might know?
2: Oh um, no, I I wouldn't think so. I I didn't. Um, I spent most of my time uh, just like playing them with my friends and stuff. I never really cool. uh, pursued a huge amount of trying to get them out there.
1: I was gonna say. Um, a lot of people, and this is more of a question, but do you do you feel like going the mod route and going getting that experience? I mean, do you feel like that's if there's someone's wanting to get in the game industry, specifically for maybe even level design, that's a good way to go about it?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's probably the best way to go about it. I mean, I guess there's schools and that out there, but um, I mean, I, I don't know. I think you can you can probably learn everything you need to learn you know, at home, on the internet, especially now, uh, nowadays with YouTube and and that, like it used to be, when I was doing it, there were some resources, uh, you know, and you could buy books on Unreal Engine and stuff like that, but nowadays, there's just, uh, you know, a huge amount of information out there that you can, uh, you know, easily learn. Any game that you can mod, you can find
1: uh, tutorials and documentation, and uh, you can just get out there and and do it. I was going to say, game engines have definitely changed since, I mean, hell since i um got into sort of messing with uh you know games um as far as uh you know udk cry engine now you have unity you've got a ton of other like free ones out there as well um, and the amount of power that it gives someone who with relatively little experience you don't really need to know a ton of you know coding you might need to learn a little bit of uh you know creating some scripts But other than that, and hell, even right now, there's scripting tools that make it life easier. So, um, with being a senior level designer, can you just basically tell us what is a senior level designer and what do you do specifically for MWO?
2: Sure. Um, uh, I guess a a senior level designer, um, I think that was written on my, you know, my last, uh, employee, uh,
0: form I had to <laughs> fill out so that's why it does it that mean it. that you I have I think it
2: just means I've worked here a long time
0: well I was going to say does it mean you have grey hair and you get discounts at breakfast or does it mean that you boss people around
2: um I wish I got discounts at breakfast um but no I mean I I, I don't really really boss anybody around but anyways <laughs> I just kind of argue a lot
1: does um, it mean you, are you sort of like a, a when it says senior it just means you're experienced and you've been there a while compared to some of the others yeah I guess that's that's the main thing
0: so, what do you do specifically for MWO? Okay, well, what what uh,
2: what I do is we'll, um, you know, the first part of the process is is deciding what what our next level is going to be on a very fundamental um, basis, right? So, we'll have usually a meeting of some sort uh, that'll include uh, level designers, and it'll include Brian Ekman and it'll include our uh, uh, lead artist uh, Dennis DeConing and uh, you know, we'll decide. On a very basic idea for the level, Uh, like our next one I'm working on now is going to be an asteroid, I think, Uh, some sort of a moon or an asteroid. We're right in the very, very early stages of it, so you know we'll have we'll have a a meeting. We'll go over basic ideas. Usually Brian and Dennis will have you know things that that they'll want to see particularly in the level, and um, you know then I'll go ahead and make a very basic version of it I'll I'll build a a simple piece of terrain you know I'll add in you know blocks or just basic assets that we already have kicking around and uh and set up a level that you know a very basic level that we can take into a play test with uh with 16 guys or or 24 guys if we try 12 v 12 and uh you know see how it plays and then you know we'll usually do that on a Friday afternoon and then over the next week you know i'll i'll discover things that worked and things that didn't work in the play test and i'll iterate on that change the level and then go through that whole process sort of again and again until we start to have play tests in that
0: level that are really really fun are you, with all the experience that you've had with building levels, are you getting to a point where you can kind of guess how people are going to use a level um, when you're designing? Or do people often surprise you with what they do on your levels and make you change what your, you know, your original concept was at all?
2: Uh, a bit of both. Um, like for example, um, one thing that, that sort of took me by surprise uh, recently, we were working on a, a level which is going to be the next level release called uh, Canyon Network. And it's kind of like a big, sort of a Grand Canyon type thing. Um, And uh, one of the things I wanted to do with that level was have the the out of bounds area, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of meters outside the canyon, so you'd never encounter it, basically, unless you were trying to break the game. Because I, you know, there's been a lot of complaints with maps like River City of how oh the out of bounds area is too close. I got killed by running out of bounds. And so I thought, okay, we'll get rid of that. We'll we'll move it so far back that that you'll never encounter it um, but then what ended up happening is that some uh, actually a, a great many mechs were flying up to the top and then running off and just having a battle far outside the the bounds of the map or far outside you know where there were interesting things in the map uh you know which is fine but not really uh not really what we had in mind when designing the map you know i kind of wanted everything to be happening inside this this canyon uh, so we ended up changing that, and now we've got the out of bounds area right at the top of the the edges of the canyon. So you can't really fly up and and go out of there.
0: People um, will always, to yeah, every they will road. always find a way.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because the um, you know I read a lot of complaints, like I said about about River City. That's the main one, and you know, fair enough. Um, and so then another one we, we for Alpine. I had that same idea, right? We're going to put the out of bounds really far out um so basically alpine i think you know you're never going out of bounds on alpine by accident right um but then uh, you know i go on the forums and i read lots of complaints saying oh you never you never use any of this map you don't use any of the areas and i go well yeah because you know those areas are are far outside
0: the uh where we want everything to be concentrated the in the bottlenecks or the engagement areas
2: yeah basically i i don't like out of bounds to be intrusive so i like to put it Way outside, and ideally, the player will never want to go out of bounds. Right. I haven't
0: had any issues with out of bounds on that map yet. Um, as far as all the work you've done with MWO so far, is there anything that you can say that you're most proud of? Uh, maybe a particular implementation on a level or a specific level. Anything?
2: Um, yeah, sure. the um, The main thing that I'm I'm proud of is just that uh, the variety of maps that we have. Like, I, I really like the fact that. You know, every map we put out is is different from the one before it. And uh, to me, like that's a, a very serious goal that I have, is to make it so that, um, you know, I know that every map, uh, that any map isn't going to please everybody, right? And that uh, nobody's going to like all the maps, but I like there to be, you know, every map that comes out is, is different than all the other ones, and there's going to be somebody who can go, okay, this is a map that I like based on the mech that I pilot or the style that I like to play. Um, but specifically, out of the maps that we have, um, my favorite map and the one I'm most proud of uh, working on is uh, Caustic Valley. And I think it's just because... It's, it's very, very unique. Yeah, it is. It is unique. And it's it's the one out of, out of all the maps I've worked on, it's the one that's closest to uh, how I wanted it to be originally. It's the one that I've done the probably... I don't know, I guess it's the one that has most of my work in it and uh, you know like when in a video game in any kind of thing where you've got lots of people collaborating you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of cooks in the kitchen a lot of fingers in the pot right so sometimes when you compromise exactly there's there's a huge amount of compromise and sometimes levels will be you know radically different from uh, you know what you envisioned them to be or how you wanted them to be at the start and for me Caustic Valley is is the one that is the most close to what i want basically it's the map i didn't enjoy playing the most and it's the one i like the best cool
0: i love that map as well
1: so i was gonna say it just sort of feels like wow that's actually like that's me i did that and then the majority of that is me and that's my original i i, I definitely think everyone can sort of understand that one definitely.
0: relate
2: yeah so uh, oh sorry i was just gonna say that um, for um you know, it's really like Warrior Working on MechWarrior is really a dream come true for me in many ways. Uh, just because, you know, getting this job at all is is a dream come true. But, uh, you know, you spend a lot of, uh, you don't get to choose what you work on, and uh, you know, a lot of times you're working on a game that, that uh, you know, isn't close to your heart, or, uh, you know, it's not one that you would seek out and play on your own. But MechWarrior really is is, you know, of all the games I could work on, it's probably the, the best possible one I could ever choose.
0: Mm, we like to hear that.
1: Yeah, I think that's always uh, very nice to know that you're the devs doing the game actually give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: mm-hmm. well, it's
1: absolutely true.
2: I, I think, you know, I can't think of somebody here who doesn't, honestly.
1: Well, I know that must be tough as a developer because, I mean, as a developer, you may not always be working on content that you grew up with or fell in love with or you know you're you're most excited about so I can I can definitely understand that too because I mean it's a job and you have to do what the boss tells you and you have to do it with quality and you know just as much uh passion but sometimes it you can definitely tell the difference between when devs are passionate about something and when it isn't I mean it that's that's the game industry I mean that's life in general I mean if you're not happy doing what you're doing it shows you know so well can you tell me something that's as far as what has been the most challenging aspect of designing um, levels for MWO,
2: I, I would say the the biggest challenge is. Uh, this is probably this is going to sound like my last answer. That the main challenge is trying to, obviously, you know, you can't please everybody all the time. But, but being able to try to build things that are going to please as many people as you can.
0: The masses.
2: Exactly. Uh, you know. Obviously, it, it's. It can be difficult, and they're you know they're very very quick to let you know when you haven't pleased them.
1: I mean, when you say please, everyone. I mean, you fundamentally, uh, when you create a map, affects gameplay. Like right. you you basically some of these
0: people, it affects their lives.
2: <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> yeah, like uh, one of the big challenges for me is is like waiting for for features, for example, like and being being having to wait for things that we know are going to be coming, but that we don't have yet. That's that's one big thing uh, for me. So like, the, the, there's a lot of things where we have to try and uh, anticipate what the gameplay is going to be like in the future when we're building maps in the present. Um, so that's one big challenge. Um, oh, right. For, for example, um, this, is a, this is a big one for me. I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but this is the, the big thing for me is um, mechs interacting with the terrain. Um, so like right now the mechs kind of just motor around, they plow through water, you know, they walk as quickly as they do over land, they climb up really, really steep slopes. Um,
0: so it, it has already been announced that there'll be a difference with the water, like it'll, you'll walk slower or whatever through water.
2: Okay, good. And uh, yeah. my understanding is that, that that's going, like when they get those changes in, it's going to be like a suite of changes that affects everything, I think.
1: Um, I could be wrong, um, but... You know, going up terrain at like at certain angles, you slow down. Yeah, for
2: sure. So, like alpine peaks is an example of of that, where you know we designed a map in a certain way, and um, you know I'm expecting, uh, you know, and wanting, you know, certain uh, slopes that a mech can't climb up, and the mechs can climb up it, and so, you know, currently all the maps don't exactly work the way that, that I want them to and expect them to in the future. Um, and that's a feature I think that everybody wants. It's certainly a feature that I want. Um, so you know, that's one of the things that is a challenge. Trying to make a map that'll work work now, but also work in the future.
0: I can see that being a challenge, and I get the the whole patience thing. I think we all, you know, the developers uh, need patience because they want to rush things forward. Players need patience because we want to we want you to rush things forward. Uh, patience is a key word, isn't it?
1: Now, I have a question, um, and this is more towards like the technical aspects of it it, like your your very first maps that came out, Forest Colony and let's say Caustic Valley, they've gone through some pretty uh, drastic changes. I mean, I remember Forest Colony when it first started. There was uh, you could literally see across the map and then you guys introduced a little bit of fog. And then, you know, uh, you added stuff like, do you feel like that process you're getting better at uh, as you've kind of, you know gone along. Obviously, Cry Three. You guys are probably more familiar with it and the, the technical things behind it. Has that improved uh, as you move forward?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that the main factor in in that is that now that the game's online and we can go online and play against uh, you know thousands and thousands of of people that are actually playing the game. Um, that's let us understand a lot uh, more. Uh, you know, understand a lot better how the game is going to be played and how people are
1: going to do things. Um, it's nice you know, having I, thousands upon thousands of people to test your map. Yeah, compared and people, to just a handful.
2: Yeah, and especially um, you know, playing against the the other people from the company is, it doesn't really represent what playing is like in real life because people have their own their own agendas you know, I'll make a map, I want to go cruise around and look at like a certain area of it, I'm not going to play it the same way that you would play it or that a a player you know, just at random would play it. And so that's I think the most valuable thing is being able to play with people you know, outside in the world. And that's that's helped us, you know, it doesn't only help us individually per map going oh wow this, you know, we need to change something in this map because of the way everybody plays it, but it also gives us just a basic understanding of of what the game is going to be like you know and how maybe how big we should be
1: making the maps or uh you know things like that awesome and i guess uh, just to sort of finish off here um what advice would you give someone uh who wanted to be a level designer um out there, I mean, just in general, what what advice would you give them? Would you recommend doing mods? Would you recommend
0: learning certain programs? Like, what would you tell them specifically? What would or the focus? going to school or something is that the path? I mean, it seems like um, you have a lot of options these days, probably compared to back when you got in. But uh, yeah, what is what, what what would be your advice?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it could be going to school. I don't really know um, too much about that. I didn't go to school for this. I I went to uh, school um, for database development. Um, and then I ended up not getting a job after that. Um, And so I kind of, like I said earlier, just kind of stumbled into this uh, while I was cooking at the restaurant. Um, But yeah, I mean, school, I think there's more schools for it now than there used to be. Um, But, you know, again, I know that those programs are really, really expensive, and and I think that you can can do a lot uh, on your own at home. I, I think you can probably, you know, do everything you need to do On your own, I recommend playing lots of games. Play every game you can. If there's maps you like in those games, you know, try to try to draw them or build them out of Lego or you know, just try to interact with those maps in as many ways as you can and try to figure out what's going on in them.
1: Uh, Build maps. Sorry, yeah. I was gonna say the gaming industry is unique. You don't need a degree in game design. You don't need a bachelor's. You don't. Uh, from what I hear, a lot of people say is they almost say it's a waste. Uh, I mean, say like it's a good to have if you do get it, but it's all about initiative. And there's tools out there that you can learn without having a, a higher education. So it's really about initiative and like you going out and, and learning and doing instead yeah, of just being in a classroom.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a waste, but, uh, you know, it's definitely not a waste to uh, to do stuff on your own. And I think the more, the more stuff you can just create on your own and the, the better stuff you can create, I think the better chance you'll have. I don't think, you know, you're not going to show somebody at a, a company you want to work for an awesome map and they're going to look at it and go, yeah, that's an awesome map, but you don't have a degree, so we're not even interested. You know that's not going to happen. I mean, people are going to care about what you can create and what you can show them.
0: Content and is king. Portfolio Absolutely. and a professional. Account. Also, I do recommend, as far as game design goes, uh, there's a book called "A Theory of Fun for Game Design" by Ralph Koster. Uh, super good book. I read that uh, about a year ago, and of course, you can get that through our website. Just click on Amazon.com.
1: I was going to say, are there any last words uh, you have for any of the listeners?
0: Your final thoughts
2: i guess the most important thing honestly is is to keep playing um p- you know p- keep playing the game i th- that's the going to be the thing that makes it most successful the more players we have playing it um you know the better it's going to be and just hopefully everybody can stay patient and um uh you know we're going to be sending out content uh, as we make it and and i think that's the beauty of the beauty of the, uh, the free to play paradigm is that, you know, as long as people keep playing it and as long as people are interested, we're going to keep uh, putting out more and more stuff, and uh, the game will it'll stay alive as long as people want it to.
0: Rock on. Well, as fans of Caustic Valley, we are definitely looking forward to your future works coming into the game.
2: Well, thank you very much. It should, I think, the, uh, oh, I don't know the exact date for
1: Canyon, but I believe it's next month.
0: And Phil?
1: And of course, I just want to say thank you again, Thad, for coming out here. Not just once, but twice. We really do appreciate that flexible schedule and all. Yeah, so. it's no problem. Thank you very much for having me on. And moving on to the last bit, we've got Facebook. and uh, We've got 3,212 likes today. Hey, give us a like on Facebook. It's a great way for us to be able to get you feedback, comments, videos, mech porn, all the other stuff that you love and you guys like Mac porn let's just be honest let's be real accept it like it live it love it and we're also on twitter you can follow us at no guts no galaxy um i believe our new website's tied into that so it'll be doing regular updates i know we've been sort of slacking on that but you can always check us out on youtube as well no guts no galaxy tv and check out all the latest and greatest we post up uh, ride along videos crew plays twitch events all the fun stuff and uh you know i just want to say thank you to our community our staff members everyone supporting us you guys are amazing it's crazy to see where NGNG is going and what we're doing because uh, a positive community movement i believe is the the best thing for this uh this this community in general so this was your local no guts no galaxy mechs devs and beer podcast we hope you enjoyed today's show this is phil
0: and this is darren
1: until next time mech warriors